there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. On today's app, we're tackling misinformation and asking how can tech companies stop crap spreading on their platforms? For us, this started because of a big blow-up involving Spotify. They own this show, and they also have an exclusive deal with Joe Rogan's podcast. If you listen to our last episode, you'll know all about this. You'll know that Joe Rogan got into hot water over this interview he did with Robert Malone, which spread COVID vaccine misinformation. And people were up in arms about it. Like Neil Young pushed Spotify to take Rogan off the platform. They can have Rogan or Young, not both. And yet, our bosses said no. Well, the CEO of Spotify says it will not take Joe Rogan's podcast off of its platform. He does not believe silencing Rogan is the answer. Instead of removing Rogan, here's what they did. Spotify released its platform rules, which they say had been around for a while. These rules are supposed to spell out what's allowed on Spotify and what's not. They also put this label on content that's about COVID, with a link that sends people to a page with a bunch of COVID content that they consider trustworthy. But the academics that we spoke to said it's not enough. What Spotify did is the bare minimum. I mean, really, truly the bare minimum. It's not strong enough. Are they enforcing it at all? There really is this thing like, we put a label on it. What, what else do you want? Like, here's our rules. This can't be it. So today on the show, what else should Spotify be doing here? What can actually stop this stuff from spreading online? Now, the good news is we're not totally in the dark because a lot of tech companies are reckoning with this right now. In fact, the pandemic has been a kind of watershed moment for tech companies dealing with misinformation. Because people do get sucked in by this stuff. And it can affect what they do in real life. So, for example, studies have found that when people have recently seen misinformation about the COVID vaccines, they're less likely to get the shot and more likely to discourage others from getting jabbed. So this, it matters. And people are starting to call out podcasts for being the wild, wild west of misinformation. People say wild things on podcasts. Like, I think they think, hey, we're just sitting here chatting with my mates. I can just say anything. So people just like you know, shoot the Evelyn Doak is a fellow at the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University, but she's originally from Australia. G'day. So back to podcasts. But it's been this weird blind spot where we haven't really been talking about this total vector for misinformation for a long time. I never had Neil Young on my bingo card for the reason that we finally <laughs> had this conversation, but, but here we are. And now that we're here, what should we do about it? Well, we're going to start with the biggest, bluntest tool that Spotify has. Kicking people off the platform. And there's actually this debate about what might happen if Spotify did decide to boot Rogan off. With some people saying, yeah, doy, if he's gone, you can't hear him. But others are worried that this would actually backfire. They're saying, no, if you remove him, he'll just go elsewhere and become like a martyr. 
more exciting, and get an even bigger following. Now, away from Rogan, Evelyn says that when you look at the data, by forcing this content to a smaller space, you're reducing some people's access to it. Um, But we do see a lot of the people then just moving to other platforms and moving to other spaces. And then in in, in some ways, they are then sort of in, in bigger echo chambers. So, for example, take what happened with Alex Jones. Alex Jones was this guy that said the Sandy Hook shooting was a hoax, vaccines cause autism, and that isn't even the most bonkers stuff he's put out there. So I never expected Trump charging into a goblin's nest to not get some goblin vomit and slop and blood on him. So finally... I just don't want to catch him in bed with a goblin. Finally... I don't want to see him kissing goblins, having political succubus with goblins. So then Twitter... I don't want to see him ingratiating (sighs) goblins. Ha! Finally, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify kicked him off. And we actually have two studies on what happened next. You see, Jones had to go elsewhere. So, for example, he joined an alternative video platform. And the researchers said that his total audience plummeted. Like, he had over 2.4 million subscribers on YouTube. But these days, his subscribers on that new platform are just over 150,000. Now, when you look at Reddit, you see this kind of pattern too. So, for example, when some grotty subreddits have gotten shut down, some people move the content to other websites. And while those sites can get even more toxic, they tend to be way smaller. So, removing people from the big platforms, it means that, well, they probably won't disappear. On average, they'll get less eyeballs and earballs on them. So, should Spotify do the same thing to Rogan? Well, it's tricky, right? According to reports, Spotify negotiated a deal worth at least $200 million to get exclusive licensing for Rogan's show. And unlike with Alex Jones, where a lot of the big tech companies piffed him off, if Spotify broke its deal, it's possible that Rogan could just go back to being available in more places. Here's Evelyn. I mean, the whole part of the Spotify deal was he's powerful enough that he can bring his audience with him wherever he goes. He has fans. Okay, so the impact of booting Rogan off Spotify is unclear. And what muddies all of this even more is that making these kinds of decisions to remove someone, it's actually really complicated. Like, just generally speaking, how do you decide who stays and who goes? or whether one episode should be taken down or an entire show. It's tough, right? If you're too trigger-happy with the eject button, people say you're heading in the direction of censorship and shutting down the healthy exchange of ideas. If you're too loosey-goosey, you could be letting misinformation spread. This is not a simple problem. I think um, everyone kind of feels like if you put them in the decision-making chair, they would obviously know which content should stay and which should go. I mean, simple, right? Just give me the button. Um, and then it turns out everyone has a different idea um, of what's, you know, or, or, uh, what the line should be. The major tech companies have rules about where their line is. Cross that line, and according to them, you risk getting kicked off the platform or at least having the offending content pulled down. So, for example, over at YouTube, a video of Rogan's Malone interview had been uploaded onto the site, and YouTube pulled it down. We asked them why, and they told us, quote, 
we remove content that suggests hydroxychloroquine is an effective treatment for the virus or content that associates vaccines with a high risk of death, end quote. And yet, that episode is still up on Spotify. So what's up with that? Well, over at Spotify, they have different rules. And when we asked them about this, they told us that a group of people helped make the final call on whether a podcast has violated those rules. They wouldn't tell us who these people were. So to figure out how this all might work, we're going to cosplay as Spotify's content moderation team with Laura Edelson. She used to be a software engineer in industry, but decided to leave to pursue research into misinformation. And she's currently at NYU. And so I asked her whether Rogan's episode with Robert Malone violated Spotify's rules. Um, hold on a second. I just want to like actually bring up their policy and see if she I read can. this one because section like, okay. where Spotify says that you can't have content that promotes dangerous, false, or dangerous, deceptive medical information that may cause offline harm or poses a direct threat to public health. I wonder if the Malone interview is captured in it. It's sort of on the line for me. Well, let's let's just go through it. Let's just go through it, right? So first, it has to promote false or deceptive medical information. Now, having done a real deep dive on some of the claims in that interview in our last episode, we at Science Versus think that yes, that interview did promote false medical information. Next thing, are those false or deceptive claims dangerous? So are those claims dangerous? Well, how can we understand danger? Well, are those claims going to dissuade someone from getting a vaccine for a virus that yesterday killed 2,500 Americans? To me, that would qualify as dangerous. Okay. But I could see someone else coming to a different conclusion. If it were me, I would call that dangerous. Right. Now let's move to the other half of the statement uh, that may cause offline harm or pose a direct threat to public health. So do we think that this may cause offline harm? Well, if a person listens to this and makes a decision not to get a vaccine, they could get ill or die. I would call that offline harm. Would you call that offline harm? I would. I would. Yes. Done. But obviously not done, right? Because whoever made this call at Spotify disagreed. We asked Spotify explicitly, why didn't they think this episode broke the rules? Was it not considered dangerous or deceptive medical information? And they just ignored our question. Now, we do know they take some content down. Spotify has said they already removed 20,000 other podcasts related to COVID. But the fact that the Malone interview is still on Spotify now, it does give us a clue as to how hard it is to break the platform rules. So now we know that a three-hour interview misrepresenting vaccines in the middle of a pandemic isn't considered dangerous medical misinformation. And that's not all. There have been lots of concerns over what's been said about transgender people on Rogan's show. And he said the N-word over and over and over again on his podcast. And yet, that all lived happily on Spotify. No apparent breach of the rules. Which does make us wonder. Well, how are they enforcing that policy? And 
are they enforcing it at all? Now, Laura says there are a bunch of ways that companies can enforce their rules. Like, you can use algorithms that, say, detect and pull down content that breaches stuff. Or you can wait for people to complain. And Laura says that some companies do this. Zoom, for example, they actually explicitly have a policy against um, adult entertainment. Like, you cannot, according to Zoom's policies, you cannot do sex work over Zoom. They have a policy against this. However, um, in order to understand how that policy works in practice, you need to remember that uh, Zoom is encrypted end-to-end. And Zoom doesn't have any way of proactively enforcing that policy. They don't monitor all the Zoom streams and check to see if anybody is naked. Half the audience just breathed a sigh of relief when you said that. But. <laughs> um they were like those policies only come into force if someone reports, hey, someone is doing sex work over Zoom. We asked Spotify, are they proactively listening to podcasts or waiting for listeners to make complaints? And they didn't answer the question specifically, but they did say, quote, Spotify uses a variety of algorithmic and human detection measures, end quote. Now, because they apparently removed those 20,000 episodes that we talked about before, this does make us think that maybe there is some level of proactive listening going on. Now, we just really want to understand how Spotify makes these decisions, and we're not the only ones who think this is important. A few years ago, a group of academics and advocates got together at a conference and came up with transparency guidelines for tech companies. These are called the Santa Clara Principles. Basically, these boffins argue that tech companies should explain when and why they take down stuff. They should even have an appeals process in case people have stuff that's taken down unfairly. Here's Evelyn again. These companies are making hugely significant decisions about what speech is or is not in the public sphere. Um, and they should at least tell us a bit more about, about what they're doing and the rules that they're making and how much content they're taking down. About a dozen companies have endorsed these principles, at least in theory. Reddit, for example, has begun to release transparency reports every year with numbers on what kind of content they've removed and why. Spotify has not agreed to do this. In fact, we've only found out the bits and pieces of what they're doing in response to this Joe Rogan controversy. Spotify so far has been like uh, a, a, what's the... um, uh, you know, a fantastic example of how not to uh, personify the Santa Clara principles, right? Like during this process, we didn't know until uh, until there was outcry about it what their content moderation rules were. Uh, they were released once they were scooped by The Verge. Um, and we didn't know, for example, that they had already taken down 20,000 podcasts for COVID misinformation. And we still don't know what they were, um, you know, why did they breach the rules and Joe Rogan's podcast didn't. But we basically know nothing except for a couple of press releases. So where does this leave us? Well, when Spotify releases its platform rules, but then tells us basically nothing about how they enforce them, they're asking us to trust them to trust that they're enforcing these rules fairly and not, say, giving special passes to the podcasts that reportedly make them lots of money. It would be great if they were just a little more transparent here. 
We don't need to look through their undies or anything. But this level of cloak and dagger? Come on. Okay, so it's pretty clear that Spotify isn't going to boot this episode off the platform or break up with Joe Rogan anytime soon. But the good news is, that's not the only option we've got here. For a really long time, we were stuck in this binary of the only options really are either you take it down or you leave it up and that's that's all we've got. You know, that's all that we have in our toolbox. And it's really only in the past couple of years that we've seen platforms start to experiment with other solutions. Other solutions? Yeah, we have other tools in the toolbox here. And it's stuff that some tech platforms have already been experimenting with. It's things like labels and tweaks to the algorithm. But do they work to slow the spread of misinformation? To find out, listen to our full episode on tech misinfo. It's over on our main feed. Just search for Science Versus in Spotify. That's Science VS. And click on our episode, Misinformation. What should our tech overlords do? I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.